Uh, we will be looking uh, through uh, book of Acts chapter 4 and reading from verse 32 and actually till Acts chapter 5 verse 11. So it's in between because if I'm just starting from Acts chapter 5, it won't make any sense because we need to read that part also. I thought this morning, why can't we read together? Are you excited about that? Yeah. Why not? You know, so uh, so we are reading together. You can uh, follow uh, on the screen. So uh, I'm following NIV. So I know some of you are following ESV. I'll be there at some point. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 onwards. Ready? Everyone ready? Screen ready? Oh, no. It's not ready. Okay. It's there. Okay. We are reading together. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possession was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon all of them. There were no needy person among them, for from time to time, those who owned land or house sold them bought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone he had need. Joseph was a Levite from Cyprus whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it all the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is this? Satan had filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you have received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. This is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and finding her dead, carried out and buried beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Oh, well done. Good job. Yeah, that's really good. 
If you're feeling condemned this morning, oh, this morning I didn't get the time to read the Bible, you got it now, you know. So, <laughs> I think a couple of months back, I was uh, walking um, through the Peace Garden. Uh, just, I don't know whether I was just uh, uh, doing some shopping or just working. Suddenly, one of the things I felt God was speaking to me, uh, I'll try to put in a very English, you know, so way. Uh, one of the things is that one of the greatest comfort blessing you can have in your life is knowing my sovereignty. Bang. So I was not thinking about anything spiritual. I was just walking. Suddenly I felt God was speaking. One of the greatest comforts you can have in your life. Blessing that is knowing my sovereignty. I felt, you know, such a refreshing strengthening, even now I can remember that powerful encounter, you know, just, oh, after that I felt this is not just a random thought, uh, that changed the way I see things, you know, the, the change way I analyze things. When I was uh, talking about sovereignty of God, God did uh, uh, whatever God does, he can turn it for good, and he, he has a great plan and purpose for that one. We can trust that one, we can absolutely trust in God, whatever happens, he is sovereign and he's in charge. Years back, I was uh, preaching in one of the meetings in Kerala. That's in South India. When I'm talking thousand, you can cut one zero for England. So when I say I was preaching before thousand people, that means in English terms, I was talking to hundred people. You know, so don't just overwhelm oh, thousand people. No, we have 1.2 billion people. So we have a small country. That's why I'm talking. Um, so I'm preaching in a like a kind of uh, big congregation, like nearly thousand people packed. Or evangelistic meeting. That's the way I start preaching. So if, if you want to face thousand people, you, this platform is uh, not enough. They usually have a big stage kind of thing, you know. So uh, they will raise that one. So I can jump from here uh, uh, easily. Uh, I was really excited about what God was doing. And God is doing miracles, wonders, and people responding. You know, you can be overexcited when you see things are uh, happening. Then I close my eyes, holding the uh, cordless mic and talking, you know, God is doing this one, this one. After some point, unfortunately, I came to the edge without knowing. I was closing my eyes. I was like a Mickey Mouse, you know. So, you know, so I can't feel anything there. I can't, then I understood that I'm nearly, nearly there. I can't come back. You know, there is a position you can't come back either. It's embarrassing time, you know, for a preacher doing that one. What I did... Thankfully, it was not a cord mic. It was cordless, you know. I jumped out and lay the hands to one brother there. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit at that time. <laughs> After that, he came to me. You know, it was the first time. I've been praying and praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming and praying for me. <laughs> God is sovereign. <laughs> He can use any circumstances for his glory. Don't try this one somewhere else, you know. He will break your leg. <laughs> I knew that I will come to this chapter, chapter 5. This is one of the chapters people tend to avoid because uh, even uh, recently the prayer meetings, uh, uh, I think um, Sarah was praying, God, uh, uh, we want supernatural, amazing stuff. It's not like Ananias and Sapphira. Then I was like, no, I'm going to preach that next Sunday. <laughs> Here, 
It's not scary thing at all. In our mindset, we think this is something. Oh my goodness, I can't, I can't see this one. You know, so how unfair this one. You know, so is it church? Is it Holy Spirit? I thought God is gracious and compassionate. Now these people are dead because they lied. I don't want to go to a church like this. You know, so. Is it gospel of grace? Is it gospel of love? I was thinking God is compassionate and he's full of life and full of love. And he's a forgiving God. Now, this is the first time the word church mentioned in the book of Acts. The chapter 5. In the very chapter, healings and miracles are happening before that. But the first time, Ecclesia, the, the word first mentioned, is not inaugurated with something exciting it started with something tragic. So we have a tendency to see, many people thought this is a focal story. Many people thought, oh, this is just something to scare and control people. They put it together. But I don't believe that. It's, this is literally happened years back in the book of Acts. It's literally, Luke purposely put that it's actually happened. Where did that happen? Where did that start? Actually, it starts from uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 32. All the believers were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of his possession was his own. But they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to justify, uh, testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And much grace was upon them, all of them. Much grace there. One time, one side, apostles, they are preaching, teaching, healings, miracles, and they are proclaiming the good news powerfully. The other end is not just a congregation, church things, you know. People start thinking, people start responding to that gospel of grace in a way. They thought, we are together, we are family. My property is your property. My house is your house. My kitchen is your kitchen. When you are sick, that's my sickness. When you are healed, that's my healing. Because we are all together as a family. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's the way God started working into the church. That's the beginning of the church. That's why in verse 2, all the believers were one in heart and mind, no one claimed. Doesn't mean that they sold everything. They sold everything and bought a big hole like this and they lived together. Bible didn't say that one. And apostle never forced anyone to sell things and say, you should do that one. There was no pressure. It was voluntary. Absolutely. According to their faith, if God is encouraging them to sell, sell it. If you, if you want to give, give it. If you want to keep it, keep it. But even if you keep it in your heart, it's not mine, it's ours. The attitude was the key thing in the church that's sharing things. But they shared everything they had. With great power, apostles were testifying, you know, pre- preaching about the resurrection. There were no needy person among them. From time to time, houses were owned, uh, houses owned, lands and houses sold and brought before, you know, brought the money from the sale and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had needed. So that was church. It's not socialism. 
This is church. It's actually gospel of grace, you know. Socialism will say, you can't have it, you know. You say, everything is under control of government. We will make sure that where things go. We will control the money. For this, in this case, God gave the permission to the individuals. You have the grace to do that one. There is no pressure. There is no kind of fundraising project. It's absolutely up to you. If you have the faith to give, thousand pounds, give it. If you have the faith to give, ten pounds, give it. But when you give, do it joyfully. That's the main thing. And when you have fifty thousand in your hand, always remember, this is not mine. This is a blessing from God. Whenever God asks me to share, it will go out. There's no problem. God is not against money, but God doesn't like greediness or materialism. He always hated that because that's the root cause of all evil. The problem starts at verse 36. Joseph, and he had a surname. He was from, he was a Levite from Cyprus whom the apostles called, called him Barnabas. He didn't call himself Barnabas. My name is Barnabas. You know how much I'm encouraging others. Give me a surname. You know, I'm always, hello. You know, so oh, give me a surname. Can you please call me Barnabas? No, he didn't do that one. Because of his character, because of his, uh, his, his, his lifestyle, the apostles and leaders recognized this guy's different. He's always a man of encouragement. So why can't we call him Barnabas? That's the way he called, he got that surname. Why did he got that encouraging gift? It was a gift from God. He didn't create it. Oh, let me go for an online course. Let me go for a, a course so I can have some, to boost my encouraging ability. So now, it was absolutely by the grace of God. It was a gift for the church. It was a gift. So, because he was blessed and gifted to give and encourage, that one, that was one of the ways he responded through giving. What did he do? Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of, son of encouragement. It's not just words, in action also. Sold the field he, uh, uh, field he owned and brought the money and put it at apostles' feet. Normally, I think historically, Levites, they won't own things because uh, they don't have the right. According to the uh, uh, Leviticus rule, they can't own property. But I'm thinking, uh, uh, I was doing some uh, uh, study also. He was from Levite. Could be some of the things he got from his parents or some of the things outside his uh, Levite kind of things. Or, or somehow he owned the property. Or at the time of uh, a book of facts, people were not following this rule, you know. So he got some property anyway. Uh, so that's why he sold everything and uh, uh, he put at uh, apostles' feet. Where are we heading through this, uh, uh, through this scripture? Are we looking at Ananias and Sapphira's death and scary thing? Or are we looking at God? What are you trying to communicate to us through this chapter? Are we trying to do a, a, a kind of research about Ananias and Savira and the, the kind of things. Or are we stepping back, standing back and saying, God, what are you trying to communicate? We want to listen to that. We have a tendency to go to little details and miss the main thing. We can do research and research. How old was Ananias? How old was Safira? Three hours means in terms of, is it Greenwich Mean Time or International Standard Time? 
or what was the geographical position, how different, how, what was the difference between their burial place, five meter or one meter, we can spend hours and hours, hours kind of researching into this. But the point is God wants to communicate something serious through this chapter. That's the way we are going ahead. John Piper put in this way about this chapter. The story is the radically freeing effect of a true faith in Jesus. This chapter is about. Christianity is not a matter of external conformity to religious expectations. It is a matter of internal liberty. It is not a matter of force and law. It is a matter of freedom and love. Being a Christian means being changed from the inside out so that we fall in love with people and fall out of love with things. That's the grace of God. When grace fills us, we are fall in love with people and fall out love with things. Materialism, full stop. Loving people, beginning. Love of money, stop. Money to serve the kingdom starts. It will transform us. It will renew us. And it will refresh us to uh, lead a life uh, when in the, in the age of materialism. That's the meaning of this chapter. So we will be looking through that one. The two effects, when they start following Jesus, they fall in love with people and they fall out of Love with things. Two effects happen. That's the gospel of grace. Let's look at uh, the character of Barnabas. Acts chapter 36 and 37. Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37 shows a little bit. That's the first time we are seeing about Barnabas. Who is this guy? And I will show you a slide, you know, that might help you to understand. Other than I'm reading all the scriptures. We will read a couple of scriptures. Uh, We will uh, see a slide about Barnabas. I think it's uh, there. Do you have that one? It's uh, about uh, Barnabas. Uh, Acts chapter 36 and 30. His, his name was Joseph, was surnamed by the apostles. He, he was son of encouragement. That's the first time we are seeing him. Second time we are seeing Barnabas in uh, chapter 9, verse 27. Okay. You know this time, if you don't know, I will just explain. There was a guy called Paul. He was persecuting church. He was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. And he, was, he had a Roman citizenship. And he was so passionate about his Jewish religion. One of the way he showed his passion by persecuting the church. But one day, Jesus met with them. Jesus arrested him. Jesus transformed him and brought into, his, the, into the kingdom of God. But disciples were scared to accept him. They said, hmm, this is something scary. We can't believe this guy. We can't trust this guy. That time, Barnabas. Everyone was scared. He stood up. He went to him. And he received him into the church. So here you can see. The gift of God being used. For the edification, strengthening of the kingdom. In Acts uh, Acts chapter 11 verse 22. When there was a revival. uh, Among the uh, the people. You know. Especially in. Uh, uh, when, when Gentiles came to know Jesus, apostles sent this guy, Barnabas, to shepherd that group. That's Acts chapter 11, verse 22. Let's read Acts 11, 
uh, chapter, uh, uh, chapter verse 30. So we, it's worth reading that one. Acts chapter 11, verse 30 and 22. We can read both. Let me read that one. Acts chapter 11, verse 22. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. This is talking about church in Antioch, the, the people being get saved. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Okay, there we can see. Shall we read chapter uh, 11, verse 30? That's very important then. They did, uh, this they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So there was a need of money there, and some of the money was given to Barnabas and sent to this church, especially in Antioch, to bless that people. So they trusted him with money. He, they trusted with him with leadership. They trusted him in terms of uh, giving responsibility. He didn't get it through a Bible college. The leaders saw that in his life. So that's the way they trusted him and asked him to do things. In Acts chapter 13 verse 2, when Paul was called to do mission missionary journey, and God asked him to do that one. Who joined? Barnabas joined. He said, okay, I can join. I won't be with you all the time, but at least for some season, for some time, I'm going to travel with you so that I can be a blessing to your calling for the advancements, uh, the advancements of the, uh, uh, of the kingdom of God. So here we can see. The last one is uh, uh, chapter 15, verse 37. Paul didn't like Mark, John. He did like in the beginning, but there was a conflict between them. Okay. So at that time, Barnabas, Paul said, I'm not taking this guy. But Barnabas said, no, I'll give him a second chance. And Barnabas took him. So you can see the character of Barnabas here and there and here and there. He was a man of encouragement. He was a man of integrity. He was a man who is mature, reliable, lovable leaders of the early church. Where did you start, Barnabas? Start from the book of Acts chapter 4. How? By loving people, fall in love with people, and fall out loving things. That's the beginning. That's the first place he, he, he demonstrated his freedom. It began with a demonstration of freedom from the love of things and a heart to love for the poor. He sold the field and gave all the possessions to the apostles. In this story, he stands for the way true faith in Christ creates a bond of love for people and cut a bond of love for things. That's what God is want to communicating as laying down money, and picking people up for the kingdom of God. Grace will enable us. Grace is not the permission of God to keep loving things, but the power of start loving people. I know that I'm using the phrase again and again and again. Listen, move on. You know, give me the next point. There's no other point. (laughs) This is what God wants to communicate. Materialism is, is, is in our culture. 
Whether you live in India or England, it is there. Love of money is there. Christmas shopping shows that one. Black Friday. What's the second Saturday? What Saturday called Panic Saturday? Cyber Monday? Everything is defined by buy it, buy it. Use your credit card. Even people are struggling to pay for the debt they made two years back. The pressure is there. If you have this one, you will be valued. If you give this one, you will be accepted in your family. People, oh, you should do this one to receive the acceptance of the others, you know. So people are running for maintaining relationship without understanding where they're running to. It's dangerous. People's relationship is on the basis of the things, not on the basis of the heart. It's there in our newspaper. It's in our community. That's the time. It didn't start in, in 2010 or 2000. It happened in, from the beginning. When you start living, when we, when we start loving our things, we start fall out, you know, so fall out with people. What was the thing went wrong with Ananias and Sapphira? They loved their money. Apostles never forced them to sell the thing. It's very clear. Shall we read that one? When that, in chapter 3, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you receive for the land. I love verse 4. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Who forced you to give this money to the church? The problem was, when they saw Barnabas giving money, the problem was, when, when apostles start calling Barnabas, Joseph with the nickname, Barnabas, I love to have that name. It's quite fancy to be called by leaders, you know, so, to, you know, just, so, what can we do? Let's give, do this one. What can we do? We can give this one and we can pretend this is the money we sold and we can still keep some of the monies and we will still get the acceptance and approval and we may get the Iron Man. He's Barnabas, son of encouragement. Here is Ananias, the Iron Man coming. Unfortunately, he become an Iron Man. So, when God gives a specific gift to some people, and sometimes we like to become someone, it's dangerous. Each giftings God has given our life is perfect and precious. It's not because of us, because of the giver. It's from God. Some people are gifted with encouragement. Some people are gifted with prophecy. Some people are gifted with tongues. Some people are gifted with giving. Some people are encouraging people. Some people can cook. Some people can sing. Some people can dance. If I start playing like Mark Willoughby, it will take 80 to 100 years to learn all the instruments he can play. 
It's impossible. I can't do that one. It's better to, the best thing I can do, sit back and relax and glorify God by knowing that, God, how gracious you are to that person. You are slavishly, amazingly bless him so that we are blessed. So seeing the gifts and glorifying God. But Ananas and Sapphira got the wrong end of the stick, you know. So he didn't, they didn't understand the gospel of grace. They, what they, what they did was, oh, let me do something. Then we can get approval and acceptance. So they kept some money back. Even if the church or God went into bankruptcy, we can survive. We can't trust church or God. Things can go wrong, but if we have some money in our hand, when things go wrong, we can still survive. Poor Barnabas, he should know a bit more business tactics. He gave everything. He gave everything. Imagine, after five years, there is no church. He's gone. After, after five years, there is no Jesus and gospel or something. He's gone. So, be on the Safe side. Be part of the church, but not fully. Receive the acceptance by saying we get everything. Through that, we can enjoy the church as long as it exists. It's when it's gone, it's gone. We are safe. But God doesn't like hypocrisy. Are you with me or not with me? Do you love me or not loving me? Can you trust me or not trusting me? Because God is good. He is compassionate. And his ways are always perfect. At the time of famines, he's faithful. At the time of rich times, he's faithful. God is not flexible. (laughs) He doesn't need to be flexible because he is always true. He doesn't need to change his plan because he's always right and he's always the king and he is always right. But Barnabas, he didn't love the money. He loved God. He was different. Second thing, they wanted to look more generous than they really were. They wanted apostles to think they were, uh, were like Barnabas. Perhaps they wanted to external religious approval. They not only loved money, they loved praise of man. The two almost always go together. Love of money and praise of man. Who said this one? Jesus said. Let's read Luke chapter 16, verse 14 to 15. Luke chapter 16, verse 14 to 15. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the one who justify yourself in your eyes of men. But God knows your heart. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Jesus already told that. When you're trying to give things in a public setting, 
your heart is not there. What Ananias and Sapphira did exactly what Jesus told in Luke chapter 16. They were trying to do. And they completely missed their identity in Christ. They thought, we need to be, we need to do something to be accepted. We need to do something to gain the approval. They completely missed the gospel of grace. And they tried to become someone else when God never gifted them with that kind of gift. That's Paul, Peter was beautifully placed that one. Didn't this belong to you? Why did you do this one? So, chapter, uh, third one, they lied. First one, they loved money. Second one, they wanted to look more generous than others or they're trying to become someone else. Third one is they lied. Verse three and four. Uh, uh, verse three and so to cover their, uh, you know, uh, to cover their sin, the, you know, they 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 tr- try to lie, you know, to impress people. They lied. That's the third area they did. The fourth one, they discredited the presence of the Holy Spirit. They thought, oh, they are human. They can't pick us, but they completely miss. We are in the presence of holy of holies. We are with Jesus who died for us. One time we were sinners and utterly, you know, you know, devastated by our sins. But he died and he, his, he died in our place and he redeemed us and he's starting a new thing. And they completely missed the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can trick men, but you can't trick God. They completely forgot. I think they, if they remembered the presence of God, if they recognized the presence of God in the church, they wouldn't have do, done this. They stopped. No. I'm in the presence of God. Martin Luther, he's one of the reformers. If you don't know him, don't worry. He's a guy. He, he's dead now. But he did great works. So don't Google it now. You will end up in a different... There are lots of uh, uh, Martin Luthers out there. One of the things he said, when you think about Ten Commandments, can I see that uh, PowerPoint, please? Ten Commandments, Power Movements. When you think about Ten Commandments, there is a First Commandment there, there is a, there is a Ninth Commandment there, there are Ten Commandments there. So the First Commandment, you shall, know, you shall have no other God before me. Martin Luther says, without breaking the first one, you can't break the ninth one. You shall not lie. Why you lie? The reason, because you feared God, or you feared something else other than God. You, you put something else other than Jesus in your heart. That's why you lied. So without breaking the first law, it's impossible to break the other laws. <laughs> so when they lied, they already broke the first law, trusting in God. They have money as their, uh, uh, as their position in their life. For Ananias and Savira, that's the way they broke the fourth law. When I was doing some study, uh, Acts chapter 4 and 5, I found it's very similar to uh, uh, the book of uh, 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 Genesis chapter 3. That's the place the serpent came and deceived and they listened to the, uh, to the serpents and they were, uh, uh, they believed that they lied. So in, 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 in Genesis and Acts chapter, both places Satan is mentioned, you know. How come Satan deceived you? How did you believe the lie? Second place, they believe the lies. The third one is both husband and wife got involved. Doesn't mean that 
Single people are immune to all kind of all kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, this kind of sins. Oh, that's a husband and wife. We are fine. No, sin is the main thing. And they both got opportunity to 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 tell the truth. But both cases, they stick with the lie. Peter asked. Tell me. He could have said, no, sorry, no. Might have a better picture, you know. So, unfortunately, they lie. Spiritually dead and physically dead. How did Peter came to know about this business deal? That's a question. I don't have much time to research into that one. Was it like a Hindu guru with a powder in his hand? Boom! Hey, Peter. I'm Peter. Ananias is coming. Ha, 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 ha. I know, I know. Something smells bad here. You are in the... Ch- no, he didn't do that one. He just straight... It, it's called... I think that's called word of knowledge. So one of the giftings of the Holy Spirit is word of knowledge, you know. God is revealing something for the benefit of the church, not to scare people. God, God can reveal things, you know. So he recognized in the Spirit, oh, God gave that insight in Peter's heart, you know. He was straight to talk, you know. Ananias, you did something wrong. God doesn't want to do that one. Here's the opportunity, you can tell the truth, and God is a God of forgiveness. But you are choosing not to receive that Mercy from God, but you choose to continue in your lie. That's word of knowledge. God can reveal things to people to save them, to to strengthen them, to correct them, not to become a magician kind of things. Actually, that's God's love for people to correct, to edify, strengthen for His kingdom. Sometimes we can think, is it fair God did this kind of things in the church? He just started something new. He could have a bit more merciful, you know. So his church is just started, uh, other than just uh, uh, happening, the scary things in the book of Acts, you know. He could have just been mercy and was just kind of warning in the, in the beginning. But unfortunately, it's the same thing happened in the Garden of Eden. It was a beginning. He joyfully, beautifully uh, created everything. But when the lie came, he spoiled everything. God can't tolerate with the lies. So, God kicked them out. Oh, God asked them to leave the Garden of Eden. Here, there is a sharp communication. Sometimes we can focus on two dead people. Look beyond that. When God offers security, when God offers comfort, when God offers everything for you, whenever you step out from that, that security, it's dangerous. God is reminding us, don't do that one. You can, you can cancel that, uh, 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 that clip. Thank you. What is scary? Being caught in a sin or God is allowing us 
to continue in a sin? What is more scary? <laughs> These guys are dead now. What is more scary? They're alive. God is allowing them to live and continue in the same business for, till they die. Or, it's better to die. <laughs> it's a challenging question. In the book of uh, Romans, uh, God gave them, you know, so there is a point. God gave them over to do sin. That doesn't mean that God, God did force them to do sin. But there is a point. God, God didn't communicate anything. God, God stood back. They decided to, to continue in their sin. That is more scary than being caught in a sin. It's dangerous. Sometimes think, I'm not that. I did more scary things than this. But still I'm alive. But what is scary? Being caught in a sin or being allowed to do sin. That's dangerous. Don't justify ourselves thinking, oh, I never heard this kind of story. This might be a focal story. It's fine. I'm alive. But God wants to communicate to us. Don't go to that path. It's dangerous than a physical death. God is allowing us to do in a sin. When you hear this message, God might be revealing some of the areas. And God wants to restore us. Uh, God wants to renew us. It's not about where Ananias and Sapphira now are they in heaven or hell. The whole point is where we are now. Are we wholeheartedly following God or we are still thinking church is fine, God is fine, but I need to make sure that I'm safe somewhere also. If anything goes wrong, I have my saving. If anything goes wrong, my husband got a good job. If anything goes wrong, my children will support me. If anything goes wrong, yeah, I can survive. If anything goes wrong, I have another option, plan B there. God wants to ask the question, what's in your heart? Is it, is it me, the, the, the cornerstone in your life? Is it, is it God, the foundation of your life? Is it Him, everything for you? Or do you have something else? Because He wants to offer the total security and the total acceptance and total uh, 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 acceptance, acceptance into His kingdom. What happened to Ananias and Sapphira? That's a question still people ask. Because that's a difficult question. Usually difficult questions are answered by lead elders. That's the way God placed them there. So you can ask Dan, where is Ananias and Sapphira? Whether they go to heaven or hell, he's delighted to answer that one. No, I'm not going to put, <laughs> put him into, into pressure. You know. I don't know. They might be in heaven or hell. That's not the point. The whole chapter is not about where they are at now. The whole point is where we are at now. God, you are offering me another opportunity to come back. And you are opening some of the idols in my life. Thank you! I can be restored. I can be renewed. This is not a scary day for me. This is a joyful day for me. Because you are giving me another opportunity to come back. 
Because there's no other place other than in your presence is more safer than in, in this universe. So I want to come back. So, so that's gospel of grace, you know. Sometimes people ask a question. Why was Anne Safira three hours late? Why was she late, you know? So we have only uh, like one and a half or two hours service, you know. So if she was late for three hours, where was she? No, I, I think the answer was she was not English. That's the main thing, you know. <laughs> she was not English. And she was not following Greenwich Mean Time. She was following IST, not International uh, uh, Standard Time, Indian Stretchable Time. That's why she was late. Could be a cultural thing, or could be something to do with the sin they were doing. Ananias, you go first. Let me go and deal with the money. I will meet you. And at that time, church was hours and hours, you know. It's not like a 10.30, 12.30 kind of thing. It, it was culturally hours and hours. If you come to India, some of the meetings I need to preach four hours. Non-stop. So, after that, they ask, that's all. When you finish. Oh, I already preached four hours. Then they ask, why can't you tell some more stories? Okay, then one more hour. So sometimes talk can go to early in the morning, you know. So it can go and go. It could be a cultural thing. God is fine with that, so we are fine with that. So don't try to to uh, go into that kind of... Uh, 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 you don't need to go uh, much deeper than that. How come... How come she didn't know about the death of uh, her husband? There was a three-hour gap, you know. So... So somehow she would have get the opportunity to communicate the truth, you know. If she knew that, oh, he's gone now. So I don't want to be dead. It's so better to tell the truth. So I think she was not following the tweet of the church. Or even the Peter's tweet, you know. If she followed that one, she would have to, oh, he's gone. It's better now. I, I think people were scared to communicate. Even though this is God is doing something. Savira. It's better to communicate the truth. Now he's gone. She came. Was it the price? Yes. No, it was, it was wrong. But God was looking at their heart. Not to just escape from that, that kind of death. Actually, God was dealing with the sin. So people recognized this is not something we can deal with. So they stood back. That's why she didn't get the opportunity to know. Uh, uh, the, that's my understanding. Because people knew this is God. God is starting something new and he doesn't want to spoil uh, uh, this one. Why did they do that one? How come they do, did this one? Because they were looking for recognition in the church. Power. Approval. And control. Then this is the point. They completely missed the gospel of grace. You can be who you are. You can be a musician. You can be a singer. You can be a coffee, uh, serving tea and coffee. You can be in the welcome team. Uh, you, you are gifted with many things. Be thankful to God and enjoy gospel of grace. You have the freedom. If you have to, if you have something to give, give. There's no pressure. By the way, at the end of this sermon, I will doing a special offering. I'll, let me see. No, I'm just kidding. It's gospel of grace. Don't try to become someone else when God has already gifted you with 
many, 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 many amazing things. They miss the joy of giving. Celebration and freedom in Christ. Idolatry was the main thing. Not trusting in God, trusting in things. They miss the joy of being a family. Hypocrisy creeped into the church when God offered total security, total acceptance, and total significance in Him. In Christ, I'm accepted. In Christ, I'm justified. In Christ, I'm, 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 I'm received into God's kingdom. You know, in Christ, I'm purified. I'm, in Christ, I'm holy. In Christ, I'm a saint of God. In Christ, I'm part of His kingdom. Everything through Him, by Him. So God did everything for us. We can join with the family for anything. Or do you discriminate church and family separate? This is my family. This is my church family. It's nothing wrong in that one. But in deeper sense, when somebody mourn, can you mourn with them? When somebody rejoices in the church, can you rejoice with them? Oh, this is not my mate. This is not my type. This is not my person. Okay. No, we are a family. We are together. We are different. But we are God's people. My money is your money. My car is your car. Doesn't mean that you can borrow that every day. You know what I mean? Whatever I own is always available to serve the kingdom. If I have a bedroom... I can be sacrificial. I can accommodate someone. If I have some money to give, I can. That's why we are so blessed in that way. You know, when we have babies in our church, we do cook for weeks and uh, anonymous gifts. You know, each week we do see that people are blessing. We are blessing that one. That's not the limit. We can grow again. There are lots and ro- lots of rooms to grow into. You know, so we are so blessed in that way. But don't just limit. Tim Keller put repentance in this way, you know. We should repent not only from the bad things we did, but also the reason for which we did the good things. That is repentance. He put it that way in gospel, his Gospel and Life uh, 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 series. He, he put it that way. Repentance is not just repenting f- from the bad things, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not only that one. We should repent not only from the bad things we did, but also the reason for which we did the good things. Why we served, why we gave, why we didn't go, why did we go, why didn't we go? Why did we give, why didn't we give? It's not dealing with some human. We are in God's kingdom. And God wants to demonstrate that great uh, grace in our life. Jesus said, fear not little flock, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We got the best. We got the highest. We got the, we can't get it more than that. God gave his son and he gave us his kingdom. Jesus said, he's delighted to give his kingdom. What else? You got it. Even after that, what are you looking for? Are you looking for something else? Yes, 
kingdom is there, but yeah, I want to feel safe because job, some money, getting married, getting a good husband. No, no, I don't want to get married. Being single make me safe. Now, some people, no, getting married will save. Because that's the areas, you know. I'm stable now. But God is saying, I'm your foundation. In me, you can enjoy marriage. In me, you can enjoy being single. In me, you can have a fantastic family. Everything is in Christ. Otherwise, the lie will creep in. Materialism will creep in. Family will be affected by many things. We put things before people. But God is inviting us into his kingdom plan. Let me finish. Like the book of Acts, it was a beginning. We are in a beginning of three congregations now. Lots of opportunity to serve. We need more teams to uh, uh, to serve, especially uh, 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 Christina was uh, inviting me. Guys, come on! Do you know Do you know how to smile? No, I can't smile, so I can't go there. No, it's not about smiling or not smiling. You know, so that's one of the characteristics you can recognize. You know, so she's inviting. There's a great opportunity to serve. She was shouting, "Come and serve!" I can't be like that person, so I'm not serving. No, but I can serve in a different way. So I'm not looking at the others. I'm not comparing with others. I'm looking at the giver of gifts and glorifying God. God, you gifted me with many things. I love to serve in that area for your glory. The problem here was they were comparing with Barnabas. They were trying to become Barnabas. That's scary. But the reason we do serve, the reason we, we do not serve, God is always looking at our heart. God wants to deal with some of the idols in our life. Shaking our comfort zone. When God spoke to us about turning inside out, it will shake many things, change many things. Where is our comfort? Where is our joy? Is it him or somewhere else? The story in Acts chapter 4 and 5 is not about the death of Ananias and Sapphira. God wants to bring his attention to the church. I am here. I am your security and safety. Outside me, you cannot have a great life. You know. So come and enjoy the gospel of grace. Fear of losing different things can Distract us, loving God. I'd like to close here with a word of prayer. And we'll wait to God where God is leading. I'd like to invite the band to come forward. And uh, uh, let's pray together.